The Word of God for our consideration this morning comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. I wrote my first book, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began doing and teaching until the day he was taken up, after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he presented himself alive to the apostles with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and told them things about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father promised, which you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they were together with him, they asked, Lord, is this the time when you are going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said these things, he was taken up while they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he went away. Suddenly, two men in white clothes stood behind, beside him. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. We pray. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Fellow redeemed friends in Christ Jesus, our ascended Lord. For several years now, our nation has been locked in what most people regard as a rather silly and foolish debate over which lives matter. You've seen the bumper stickers and the signs. Black lives matter, blue lives matter, yellow lives matter, brown lives matter, immigrant lives matter. I would imagine it can't be too much longer until we, we've covered every color on the spectrum, and then we'll come to the conclusion we should have had all along that all lives matter. I know it's not politically correct to say today, but as Christians, that is what we believe. Uh, I'm not up here this morning to give a lecture on race relations in America. I just want to add an acronym to that list. Maybe we can drop some bumper stickers for it. A-L-M. Ascension Life Matters. Now, as you were driving in here this morning, you probably saw some evidence that was contrary to that. That for many people, ascension doesn't matter not even a little bit. You saw people walking their dogs, maybe taking their children to the park, maybe out in their yard starting some yard work already, maybe hitching up their boat to take it to the lake, maybe they're driving to the hardware store to pick up some things for a DIY project. You saw with your own eyes driving in here that ascension doesn't matter to a lot of people, not even a little bit. But ascension does matter. In fact, in the Throughout the history of the Christian church, Ascension has been one of the three main festivals of the Christian church here, along with Christmas and Easter. Yeah, you know, we don't really celebrate it like it's anything special, do we? No special decorations. I'm sure you're not having an Ascension Day party 
probably don't give each other Ascension Day gifts. In fact, in all humility, we don't even celebrate Ascension on the day it ought to be celebrated. Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after his resurrection, which would have been last Thursday, and yet even we didn't have a special service. Why don't we celebrate Ascension as heartily as we do Christmas and Easter? I think it could be because, like those disciples, we kind of stand here at Ascension looking up into the sky and wondering what it's all about. What does it mean? Why does it matter? Well, the first reason that Ascension matters is because when Jesus ascended into heaven, into that cloud 40 days after his resurrection, he took us, he took humanity with him. So now it can be rightly said that where before God alone ruled on the throne over the whole universe, now Jesus Christ does. The man, Jesus Christ, true God and true man. He took us with him. Does it, does it feel that way? Do you, do you get the sense of, from what you've observed with your own eyes, your own experience, that Christ is ruling the universe and, and we as Christians are ruling with him? Do you get the sense that Jesus is exercising his full authority over the nations? Or do you get the sense that the nations are circling the church and they're slowly but surely chipping away at the church's moral and biblical foundations? When Jesus ascended, he took us with him. He took humanity with him. And there's, there's a lot of scriptural proof of this. Daniel prophesied about this roughly 600 years before Jesus ascended into heaven. Daniel wrote, The kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under all the heavens will be given to the people, to the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and all dominions will worship and obey him. Paul confirms it. He says it even more clearly in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, God, because he is rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in trespasses. He also raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And there are a number of other passages I could cite that say, that tell us, that assure us. When Jesus ascended, he took us with him. He took humanity with him. And why doesn't that seem to be our experience that Christians are ruling this world? Why does it seem that there are so many other powers, powers controlled not by Jesus, but by Satan that seek to destroy our faith and destroy the church? Maybe it's because we're not, for the most part, minorities. What does that mean? Well, let me use an example. On April 15, 1947, something happened in our country that had never happened before. An African-American by the name of Jackie Robinson took the field to start at first base for the Brooklyn Dodgers in a Major League Baseball game. Never happened before. Never before had an African-American participated in a Major League Baseball game. Now, that had meaning for Jackie, of course, and for his family, but it had a much broader meaning. It mattered to a lot of people, especially to African-Americans throughout the country. For them, it wasn't just Jackie 
taking his place at first base. It wasn't just Jackie running the bases. It wasn't just Jackie stepping into the, the batter's box. It wasn't just Jackie who just two years later would win the National League MVP. He represented the entire African-American race. They, they could kind of live vicariously through him. He was breaking down barriers, and not only for himself, but also, but also for African Americans all over the country. They saw this as a reason for hope and a reason for joy. For just a few moments, African Americans could see themselves, while Jackie was out on that field, where he was, breaking barriers, doing things that had never before been done. And, and that's how we're supposed to see ourselves, too, as Christians. We should see ourselves where Christ is. He took humanity to heaven with him. He took our humanity to heaven with him. Now, all of our reason and all of the laws of nature say that's impossible. You've been to funerals before. What happens to that human body when it's dead? It gets buried in the ground. That doesn't go to heaven. All of our experience says it's impossible for human flesh and blood to go to heaven. And yet, just like Jackie Robinson, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he, he destroyed the barriers that separated heaven, uh, humans like us from heaven. He has ascended and he took our humanity with him. So now the one that rules the universe is not some scary God that we could never hope to, to grasp or hope to, to know anything about, but Jesus. Jesus, the one we know so much about, the one who walked on this earth for 33 years, the one who suffered and was crucified and rose again. He's the one ruling everything. He did the impossible. He, he took our humanity into heaven, showing that it can be done. That those bodies that we lay in the ground, they're not going to stay there. They will rise. We will bodily go to heaven. But it has, to be, it has to be more than that, right, for ascension to have real meaning for our lives. Now, it's one thing to say, well, yeah, Jesus is the true Son of God. He lived a perfect life. Of course, he can take his flesh and blood to heaven. But what about us? I mean, that kind of be like the, the African Americans in the 19, late 1940s and 50s saying, well, yeah, Jackie Robinson can hit a major league curveball. I can't do that. What does that mean for me? I was reading a little bit about what was written in newspapers around the time Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, and, and a lot of people are saying he's opened doors. Not only has he opened the door for himself to step out on a major league baseball field, but he opened doors for African Americans in, in so many other fields, too, from the military, to Hollywood, to business, to medicine, to education. He opened doors everywhere for African Americans. They, they, they now had access to things that had previously been closed off to them. And in a similar way, that's what Jesus has done for us. He's opened the door to heaven for us. So there are really two great miracles that we celebrate on Ascension Day. Not only did Jesus break that barrier between earth and heaven by taking humanity to heaven, but he also opened the door to heaven to us, to our humanity, our sinful flesh and blood. Do you see how much that matters? You know yourself. 
Every morning you look at yourself in the mirror. If you've assessed yourself in the brilliant mirror of God's law, if you have seen the the pained looks in the eyes of people that you have hurt with your words and your actions, you know you're not perfect. You know that not a day in your life has gone by that you have not sinned and offended God and hurt others. You know that according to the law, no one who has sinned even once can be allowed into heaven. And yet Jesus has opened that door, removed that barrier that stood between us and our sin and heaven. And he did it by the the things that we recite every single week in both of our creeds, in the Apostles and the Nicene Creed. As Paul said in our first lesson, the one who ascended is the same one who descended. Jesus descended from heaven to be born in the womb of Mary. And he did that so he could live a perfect life in our place. He did that so he could take our sins upon himself. When he suffered under Pontius Pilate, as we confess, he suffered for our sins. When he was crucified on that cross, he was crucified to pay for our sins. When he was buried in that tomb, he was buried with our sins. And then when he rose again three days later, he rose without our sins, leaving them buried in that tomb. When he ascended into heaven, he ascended as a perfect, sinless Savior. That's the reason that we can expect that the door of heaven can open for will open for us. Because even though we know that our lives are dripping with the filth of sin and everything we think and we say and we do, Jesus has taken us into that baptismal font and wrapped us in the robe of his righteousness so that now we can be sure the, the gate of heaven will open to us. Not only for him, but, but he has opened it for us. Ascension life matters. Because Jesus has opened heaven to us, taken us with him there. There's something else that, that people said about Jackie Robinson's impact on our country after he broke the color barrier with baseball. And that it's that nothing was ever the same again. The, the whole culture, the whole tenor of our society seemed to change. Prior to this, there had been many, many places that, that African Americans were locked out of. The, the country at that time was still segregated with different bathrooms and different, different um, water fountains, uh, different places where they could eat or ride on the bus. But everything began to take on a little different shade once Jackie broke that barrier. And it wasn't just that institutions like Major League Baseball looked at Africans, Amer- African Americans differently and saw them not just by the color of their skin, but by the talent that they had. But African Americans began to look at institutions a little differently too. They didn't see them as much as things that were, were dark and foreboding and fearful and, and kept them locked out. They saw there's a chance that these things could open up to them, that there are areas of life that, that were now open to them that had never before been opened. And in the same way, Jesus changes how we view heaven. You remember how how humanity had to view heaven prior to Jesus' ascension? And remember, the the truest definition of heaven, the real essence of heaven, is not 
floating around on the clouds like an angel or, or standing in church singing hymns all day. The essence of heaven is being in the presence of God. And if you just look through the pages of Scripture, you see that was not a pleasant experience for people to experience the, the presence of God prior to this. Adam and Eve, when they ate the forbidden fruit, what did they try to do? They tried to hide. When God's presence descended on Mount Sinai, what did the people of Israel say? Moses, you go and speak with him. We don't want anything to do with him. We are scared to death. Isaiah figured he was as good as a dead man when he was given a vision into God's throne room with the cherubim singing, Holy, Holy, Holy. Even in the New Testament, when Peter, James, and John were up on the Mount of Transfiguration, they dropped to the ground like dead men when the presence of God appeared. In the book of Revelation, Jesus says it's still going to be that way for unbelievers on the day of judgment. They will cry to the mountains and to the hills, cover us. Keep us away from the presence of God. We want nothing to do with it. And that's because that's the only response that we can have to God's presence when we view Him, when we view heaven, through the lens of the law. Through the lens of the law, the only thing we can conclude is that God is holy and we are not, that we can have nothing to do with Him, that we cannot stand in His presence or we will be struck dead. Isn't it amazing that, that ascension presents heaven to us, presents the presence of God to us through the lens, not of the law, but of the gospel? Now, Luke records that when Jesus ascended, is the only time in, in the gospels that we hear this, that Jesus ascended with his hands raised and he was blessing his disciples, no doubt with those scars still visible in his hands. Those hands are the reason that we can look at heaven differently, that we don't have to plead for somebody to, Moses to, to speak with God on our behalf. That's why we don't have to fall down on the ground like dead men in the presence of God. Because of those hands, because of those hands, Jesus kept the law which would condemn us perfectly in our place. Because with those hands, Jesus stretched out on a cross and paid for our sins to take them away forever. Because those hands rose to life and ascended into heaven and are still over us, blessing us, ruling everything in the universe for the good of the church even though we can't see it. Ascension matters not only because Jesus brought our humanity to heaven and opened heaven to us, but, but because he changes our view of heaven. I think that's more important than we may realize, right? Because our view of heaven affects the way we view sickness, disease, crisis in our families, death, judgment day. We're afraid of all of those things by nature. Because they all remind us, all of those things remind us that we are not holy and God is and he demands that we be holy if we're ever going to enter his paradise. Through Jesus we don't have to look at it that way anymore. It changes everything in our, our life, right? Just, just like Jackie Robinson and his barrier breaking did for African Americans, so Jesus has, has changed everything. Our whole worldview, the way we view the, the sickness and sadness and crises and death and even Judgment Day, instead of shying away from them, instead of, instead of viewing heaven as this scary place that, that we don't really want to think about too much because we're not sure if we can get in or not, Heaven becomes a place that is our true home. 
It's where our brother Jesus is ruling and reigning, along with our Father in heaven. What a wonderful thing that is to not have to be afraid. Even though we have the reminders of our sin all around us, the fact that our bodies are decaying and our world is, is going to hell, Jesus reigns. We don't have to be afraid of death or judgment because heaven is wide open to us. Now, most of those things are for the future, right? But, but ascension is not just a, a future thing for us. It's a, it's a present thing. Jesus said that, that he would be with his disciples. He would fill all things in every way. And he does that now through these means of grace. Now, even though we can't see Jesus, he is as close to us as the water that touches your skin, as the words of absolution that ring in your eardrums, as the bread and the wine are to your lips this morning. Jesus is here with you. He is here for you. Here he brings heaven to you. Ascension life matters. It matters because Jesus has taken us with him to heaven. It matters because he's opened heaven even to sinners like us. It matters because he takes away all of our fear of death and judgment. Ascension life matters. But you don't have to stand there like those disciples just looking at the sky wondering what does this all mean. Rather, Look here to these means of grace because in these means of grace, Jesus brings heaven to you on earth. Amen.